for me, I find my minimum standards really are what some people will call probably their top standards. And I don't really let it be any other way. I really find that I only allow myself to be my lowest standard. And my lowest standard is to be winning or be the best in that sense in whatever I'm passionate for. Yeah. So I really do think the top performers are just constantly working on that consistency and they're always wanting to be better mm-hmm. so that they can reach those goals. And I think that just keeps propelling them forward to the point where they're hitting everything that they want to, but that's still not enough. So then they want to continue to grow. Welcome to the Leaders of Tomorrow podcast. My name is Chris Thompson, your host of the show and the head coach of the Student Works Management Program. This is a show dedicated to young and ambitious entrepreneurs and ultimately the leaders of tomorrow. Each week, we will bring you an inspiring interview or message to help you create the future you know you deserve. Let's get started. Hey, everyone. I have an amazing young leader, uh, Hope DeRoche. Uh, She is uh, from Summerside, Prince Edward Island, and manages the Prince Edward Island area for our painting business. And uh, just a remarkable, remarkable young leader. Uh, Hope, last year, due to COVID, was um, we, we got it once in February to do first estimates, and we're not allowed back to PEI, our district manager, Conrad Smith, until July. So Hope needed to figure out how to produce, no second estimates, uh, no, no, no extra time uh, supporting uh, Hope while having a Mexico top performer type year. And then this year, she is actually on track with the best of years that we've ever had right now. And really, really amazing young leader. I know you're going to find it inspiring and motivating for what she's creating. And uh, yeah, so, uh, and you know what we're out looking for is other amazing leaders like Hope. So if you know of any amazing young leaders, please send them to me, uh, Thompson at studentworks.com. They can apply at studentworks.com. You could send this podcast or other podcasts so that they could learn more about what we do here at the Student Works Management Program. Have a fantastic day. Thanks so much. Well, Hope, uh, welcome to the Leaders of Tomorrow podcast. Thank you, Chris. It's great to be here. Well, I'm so excited to have you, and I'm just uh, really um, excited to see all the amazing things that you've been you know, creating since you joined our program. So but why don't we jump into what were you like before the program, before you joined us, any frustrations that you had, uh, et cetera? Yeah. So before StudentWorks, I always like to say I was your typical 20-year-old. I was mm-hmm. working part-time in school, not really sure what I really wanted to do. Right. In the future, I just knew that school was the typical route that everyone kind of took. This okay. is what I was supposed to do. Okay. So I um, was studying psychology at the University of Prince Edward Island. Loved what I was taking, but like I said, I had no idea where I really wanted to go with that. Okay. And then I happened to stumble upon the opportunity to jump into student works. Yeah. And the minute I kind of seen that, it was almost like the stars aligned for me. Things kind of clicked. It was like, wow, that might really be something that I could take on that I would really, really enjoy. So I think that really showed me kind of how frustrated I was just living that normal 20-year-old life. So right. I wanted to be more than I guess I thought I could at that point. And I, I knew it. I just didn't know how to get there. 
Fantastic. Fantastic. So what do you see, you know, for yourself differently that you didn't see, you know, uh, before the program? You know, I know that's a big question, but what, but what sort of things are you seeing right now for yourself, you know, differently? So I think the biggest thing for me, um, probably one would just be my uh, degree change. Okay. So I switched from psych to business. So that obviously had changed and it obviously opened more doors for me. So things are are different. I'm in the business department. Now I have a psych minor and a French minor. Right. So it just really kind of completely did uh, switch in my life. So now I kind of am really in a field that I'm passionate for. As I'm sure you know, I love business yeah. and I love everything that I'm doing. But I also feel that it kind of changed my view on what was possible. Mm-hmm. So for the longest time, I expected myself to live a great life, but I expected myself to be like everybody else. I wanted to get a good job, right. get a good pension, right. have a house, have a family. But right. now it's almost like I can do anything I want to do. And I know that now. Right. So I think that was a big thing that I have learned and a big thing that's changed is just that. Mm-hmm. I know now that I 100% can do everything that I want to do. Whereas before I was kind of in that small town kind of mindset like this. Oh, this is what I'm supposed to do. Right, right. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. So, you know, obviously you're one of our top performers. Um, You know, what do you think, you know, top performers are doing differently? What do you think they're thinking differently? What do you think they're doing differently? So I think the biggest thing, I wouldn't necessarily say that top performers have any kind of leg above anybody else. I really think that anybody can be a top performer if they want to be. But I think the biggest thing is setting those goals and your minimum standards are just so much higher. For me, I find my minimum standards really are what some people will call probably their top standards. And I don't really let it be any other way. I really find that I only allow myself to be my lowest standard. And my lowest standard is to be winning or be the best in that sense in right. whatever I'm passionate for. Yeah. So I really do think the top performers are just constantly working on that consistency and they're always wanting to be better mm-hmm. so that they can reach those goals. And I think that just keeps propelling them forward to the point where they're hitting everything that they want to, but that's still not enough. So then they want to continue to grow. Right. Yeah. No, I love that idea about standards. You know, we really, you know, and, and again, if you sort of look into other top performers a lot of times again athletics are just so easy to look at you know and you just look at what a you know a top level professional athlete would be doing in terms of their diet in terms of their health are they missing workouts no are they you know are they competing you know yes you know and and if they aren't then there's something really amiss and it's just and so as a result you get this person performing at this really high level so you know, how do people perform really well in business? Again, it's that standard. I'm just going to go do my plan every week and, you know, and and I'm going to go stay committed to that, even with big obstacles. And I know, you know, for you, you had some real big challenges with COVID last summer. So, you know, how did you experience COVID, you know, uh, you know, getting through training, you know, I know you got your first estimates launched with Conrad before, before COVID happened, your district manager, but how did you cope with COVID? Yeah. So COVID being on the island is definitely a big, big difference, I think, compared to being in Ontario, because I really am, I would say, isolated from Mm -hmm. the rest of our big student works family. Yes. I had seen, uh, I think everybody this, so a year ago from now, the first week in March, and then I didn't see them again until into July. Yes. So it was really, I had my first estimate, thankfully, done with Conrad. I know. Everything (laughs) else was 
well, I can't help you. Yeah. You have to do this. They wouldn't let them over the bridge. Yeah. Um, they were really, really strict with maintaining our kind of island bubble to keep us as safe as they could. Yeah. And then they um, really kind of locked us down essentially yeah. from the rest of Canada, which I think was great for us as an island population. But obviously for me, it left me kind of stranded in that sense. Um, luckily, they let me go over to Fredericton. So I did some training with Dustin and Max and Faraz and yeah. all them over in Fredericton. And that really helped me begin my production. But yeah. I actually think um, I was one of the only operators to start my production without a district manager yes. around. He really just, he couldn't get here. So it really was a challenge. I kind of was, I almost want to say the blind leading the blind. I really <laughs> wasn't sure what the right thing to do was in most sense, but luckily there was so much support around me, even though they couldn't be here physically. I knew that anybody was a call away yeah. or a FaceTime yes. or a text, an email, yeah. anything. So everybody was there to really support me in that way. And I think that without this amazing group we have on the East coast, things could have went way different than they did. But luckily we kind of Worked really hard to get past all those kind of obstacles. Right. But it turned out to be a really great summer. Yeah. No, it, it really, it speaks to who you are, you know, uh, uh, as a leader that, that okay, this is happening. And now what do we do? And, and sort of understanding that, again, we, there's really not a lot of choice, right? Uh, you know, what this is just what it is. And so I know, you know, Conrad. Uh, did all sorts of zooms and okay, show me how you're painting and show me, okay, let's, <laughs> let's take a look. And, you know, just again, trying to provide all the value that he could from quote unquote, a distance that, that was, you know, again, you know, health standards are health standards and we follow them. So it's pretty simple, but it's funny. I know a lot of alumni listen to our podcast on, and they'll, they'll be like, well, actually that's how we used to do it. We used to actually just start our operators without district manager support. And by the way, we didn't do it as well as we do it now because we've gotten better <laughs> and better. And we find that, no, it's really great to have that. And it's really great to be trained by others and and, uh, you know, not have the blind leading the blind. Um, <laughs> so, exactly. but, but it, it, again, it just speaks to, you know, just your commitment and your focus. And, and certainly there's no question that, you, you know, I'm sure you, you, you feel heading into your second summer, just what a difference it is now knowing right now, knowing what a good quality job is and knowing what you need to do. And those, those things that you gained over, over months of, uh, hard work last summer. Yeah, I know. Definitely. That's so true. I find even just going into this year versus last year, it's almost like last year you have those nerves. You're kind of a little bit nervous for everything just because it's your first estimate or it's your first kind of time really talking to a client about a serious issue. Whereas now I, it's kind of the opposite end of the spectrum. I'm just excited to do everything. So I'm so excited to have to break through those problems with my clients to really focus on that end goal. Right. So kind of great to be in the shoes that I'm in being a second year. It's kind of like, well, whatever COVID brings, I know that we can handle it. I know we can roll with those punches, whether we're in a lockdown or whether we're in our nice Atlantic bubble again, it really is kind of like we can, we can handle whatever they give us. So it's really, really kind of exciting. I think we're all really excited to get going. Yeah. Uh, 100%, 100%. And, and, and so what about, you know, are there any other, you know, failures or setbacks that you saw in your first summer and, and how did you, how did you overcome those hope? Um, I actually think that one of my best qualities actually became one of my worst flaws in the summertime. Okay. So I am very much a glass half full kind of person. Yes. I 
don't like to be negative. I like to believe that we can achieve anything that we want to. But I also found that we'd be on a job site and there would be a tremendous amount of work maybe left to do. And I was like, don't worry, guys, we can get this done today. Like, I know we will. It'll be done. We'll be out of here before five o'clock. Obviously, you learn pretty quick as a rookie operator that that definitely is not the case. You kind of have to evaluated in a realistic standpoint. So that was probably a big thing for me dealing with production setbacks is you do kind of have to look at it at a realistic standpoint and kind of understand where your painters are at and put yourself in their shoes that they've been working all day and they might not be going as quickly as you maybe <laughs> might expect them to yeah, or sure. want them to. For sure. So definitely kind of being more realistic and still being positive and optimistic, but kind of having a nice balance between the two so that you're setting really good expectations, but really realistic expectations for your painters. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's, you know, again, I think, I think, you know, well, I think what's true is, is I'm not sure if, you know, people become entrepreneurs without being optimistic. It doesn't seem to make sense to me. Like, you know, just because (laughs) I I'm creating something that, may not get created. So to a certain extent, they're, they're just in that means that there's some optimism. And at the same time, it's almost like a paradox. We have to hold on for the thing that lets us get something started. We have to hold in the same space. Well, what's the brutal truth? What's, you know, no, my team can't get this done and I'm going to need to have a backup plan. You know, it's, I was listening to something the other day and they're saying that the skills that help us gain wealth actually go against us in terms of maintaining wealth. So it's that a lot of times these paradoxes happen in the same thing. I've got to take advantage of the thing that I do easily. And I, like you hope, you know, easily optimism comes to me easily. And at the same time, I have to, again, look, okay, what's, what's the danger coming? What's not working and, and look there too. Or my life is, uh, I'm going to run into walls and go, oh, wow, I just banged my head and I didn't notice. So, yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. And that definitely was a big thing that I learned, but I'm sure there will be more challenges, yes. <laughs> challenges that I'll learn about this year. But that was probably the biggest thing for me. Definitely, like you said, learning to balance that and use it to my advantage, but not let myself run into walls in the meantime. <laughs> yeah. So could you have seen yourself here, you know, eight months ago, like right now, just, just so everyone's aware, uh, we're March ninth, uh, and Hope is booked as much work as our record breaker, best operator ever, uh, $500,000, uh, Amir Abu Chakra, at the same time in his, his record breaking season. And, and so could you have seen yourself here when you started with the program? I definitely think that I have aspirations to be here. This is where I always knew kind of going to bed at night that these are my goals and these are my dreams. And I knew that that was what I wanted. Right. But to be honest with you, I didn't know how to get there. Right. There was really just kind of in my mind, well, if I follow the traditional symptom or uh, steps, if I go to school, if I get my degree, if I study really hard, things are just going to work out. Right. Which is not really the case because thousands of other people are doing the exact same thing you're doing, hoping to get the same results. Right. So I think the biggest thing for me eight months ago was trying to figure out, I guess, the steps I'm going to need to take to get from where I was at that time to where I am now. Right. And I do think that without this program, I wouldn't be doing near as much as I'm doing right now. I wouldn't be 
tackling all these major projects that I am right now. So I do think that without it, my life would be so different. And I'm so thankful that this is where I am at right now. And this is really exactly where I want to be. Whereas eight months ago, that probably wasn't really where I wanted to be. Right, right. And it's sort of uncovering, you know, an uncovering of, of really what's possible, you know, and that, and that makes sense, right? Like what, 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 what am I going to know? Right. Like, you know, just, it's such a unique experience. It's a unique thing that you're really doing and, uh, and really unique capabilities that you're gaining, which is, uh, just awesome. So anything you'd like to share with the, you know, other leaders on this podcast who are listening? Yeah. So I think, um, the biggest thing for me that I really want to share is to tell people to push themselves. You always could be looking to be better. You always should be working to be the best possible version of yourself, whether Mm -hmm. you're completely winning, if you're the top of the leaderboard in whatever you're doing in life, or if you're dead last, you should always be working just as hard to be the best version of yourself. Because at the end of the day, you're striving for the success for you. It's not about anybody else. And it's not about beating the standards that are out there for everyone else. It's about beating your own personal standards. So I think the biggest thing that I'd want to tell people who are trying to be leaders is to work on being the best version of yourself and leadership and success is going to come with that. Awesome. Awesome. So, so what about habits? What, what habits would someone want to steal from you hope that you've, that you've, you know, sort of fostered, uh, you know, I guess in the, in your time with student works or, or previously, what, what good habits do you have? So I definitely think that like everybody else, there is negative habits that I have that I struggle with. I think the biggest thing is owning up to those. If you know, maybe say that you don't eat great. It's like, well, I know that I eat McDonald's way more than I probably should. So let's really work hard to break down those habits. So I think it really is starting with evaluating yourself kind of from an outside perspective. So seeing maybe what you're not doing as well as you should be is a really great first place to start. Habit-wise, you always want to kind of be your toughest critic, but you also want to support yourself at the same time and know that you're doing the best that you can right now. But what can we do to be better in the future? So I think kind of always being evaluating your life and everything that you're doing, those who you surround yourself with, is really going to help kind of begin to build that foundation of being the best version of yourself. Awesome. Awesome. And so final question, Hope. When you think of the leader of tomorrow, what comes to mind? So I definitely think that on a, I really have an analytical brain and a marketing brain, I want to call it. So whenever I think of a leader, I almost build kind of who my target goals are in that sense. And for me, a leader can look different in a lot of ways. It's not a certain person, but it's definitely the way that person thinks and the way that person thrives to be the best that they can be. Yeah. So for me, a leader isn't just someone that's succeeding, but it's someone who's bringing everybody around them up. Yeah. So you, a leader is someone who is being successful, but they have this huge team of people behind them who are also reaching all their goals as well. So I think that a leader is successful because they have all that help with them. So I think that a leader is someone who lifts other people up, but also is constantly working on themselves. Like I mentioned, I think that being a leader, you need to want to be better. If you think that you can't possibly get any better at sales or any better at math, then you're going to fall. You're not going to be who you want to be. So you constantly need to be working on yourself. And I think that's a really big definition of what a leader is. Someone who always just thrives to be better and wants to better their community and the people around them. Yeah. Well, I love that. I love that definition. And, and again, I think that, that humility 
you know, it's kind of always understanding, you know, the way I've, I've, I've heard it, it's not my, my uh, concept, but it's kind of like we're, we're climbing hills and then mountains. And then as we get to the top of the hill, we think, oh, that, that was that, that's it. Oh my gosh. And then you get there and then you see, oh, wow. Like, sorry. And of course, if you're open to it, because people can close themselves down and think that, They've got it all figured out and they don't have a growth mindset like you do. And they're, they're, they're set on fixed mindset here that I'm not, I'm not looking anywhere else. I got it all figured out. And you know, that's, there's, there's just limitations of that rather than climbing those mountains and then, oh, looking for these other opportunities for growth, looking for these other opportunities again, to make a difference in our community, make a difference to those around us, because then the road never really ends. Uh, in a good way, you know, it's like, oh, okay, there's always more to go do. You know, it's not about a record. It's not about, oh, I, I earned this much. Well, and then what can I do next? You know, and how can I make a contribution? So, uh, so I just love that, love that frame, uh, hope. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. But I definitely think that it's, it's so true. You got to constantly be working. I think anybody who is the best at what they do um, are going to tell you that they're constantly working at being better, being better than they were yesterday. So I really think that's so important. Fantastic. Well, we'll hope continued success and uh, really excited to see what you can create uh, out in PEI on your own, but but now hopefully not quite as lonely. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we don't know what, what we're heading for this summer, uh, but but I, 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 I make up, it'll be a little bit more inclusive of, of other provinces. Uh, at least we'll have Zoom and all the things that we do to, uh, to, to, to stay connected. Exactly. No, that's awesome, Chris. Thank you so much for having me on. And it was great. Always great chatting with you. We always have so much to say back and forth. We, so it's really do. awesome. But <laughs> can't wait for the season we're going to have. I think everyone's going to absolutely crush it. So it's going to be really, really great. It's amazing. Okay. Take care. Have a fantastic day. Bye-bye. Thank you. You too. Hey leaders. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Bye now you are aware that we work with ambitious students every single year to not only help them run their first successful business, but to further their development as a leader and give them an unfair advantage in the future over their counterparts. It's why starting now and only for the next few weeks, we'll be on campuses across Ontario, Quebec, and the East Coast interviewing students who think they have what it takes to start their first business and get started down their path of entrepreneurship. If you think you have what it takes or know someone who might be interested, visit leaderspodcast.ca slash apply and start your application process today. Once again, it's leaderspodcast.ca slash apply. And I can't wait to see you on the other side.